Be Wealthy Inspired, Episode 70. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, you'll learn about the five money pits or sinkholes, what they are, how to think differently about money and get focused on becoming an investor and not a spender. Sinkholes are places where large amounts of money go down the drain quickly and everybody has them. Some of them are more common than others, but these are things that keep you from being wealthy. These are the things that make money go through your fingers and prevent you from being able to deploy the money elsewhere and build wealth. These are the major purchases, the major things that you spend money on, that everybody spends money on and has to make some decisions about spending money on, like where you live and how you live. Wealth is a choice. Actually, I believe it's a series of choices. And those people who make the right choices have an easier time building wealth than those who don't. The five sinkholes or money pits were mentioned in podcast number 68. So if you haven't listened to that yet, please go back and listen to that podcast. And before I go on, I want to start by saying and giving a shout out to our listeners on Roku. If you're not familiar with Roku, it's a smart TV platform like Apple TV, only larger. We now broadcast to over 12 million potential listeners on Roku. So welcome if you've just found Be Wealthy and Smart on your Roku television set. So let's talk about your money sinkholes. Here we go. Money sinkholes are places you spend money on that don't serve you in advancing your wealth. The choices that you make with money definitely impact your wealth building. I'm not saying you have to be frugal, tight, cheap, a scrimper, or a super coupon shopper. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is you want to be conscious of where you're spending money. You want to be conscious that the things you're spending money on are your priorities and not just impulse spending or things you buy on a whim. There are many things we spend money on that we don't even think about and maybe don't even care that much about. It's all about choices and many of us have the same choices to make on a regular basis. We have a choice about whether we live in a condo, a house, or an apartment. We have a choice about what car we drive. We have a choice about what city we live in. We have a choice about what our hobbies are and our habits are. We have lots of choices to make with our money all the time. It really comes down to this. Are you really thinking about how you're spending? Are you really conscious about how you're spending? And are you thinking only about living for today or are you also thinking about living in the future? Because if you only think about living for today, you're likely to spend on things that are important for you today, but may not make any difference in the long run. For example, it may mean a lot to you 
to buy your favorite music or videos or buy a new car, but none of those things may have any positive impact on the future. At least the decision to remodel your home has a nod to the future because presumably you're going to be increasing the value of your home if you do it right. Oftentimes the stress of work or the dislike of work means that we have to do things or spend money to try and feel better because we dislike work so much. So maybe shopping is your way, possibly a lot of people's way to feel better and buying things makes you feel better. I think there is sort of a little bit of a high that's obtained when you spend money. I've noticed it lasts a couple of days that I'm excited about a purchase and after that it pretty much isn't that exciting anymore. But for 48 hours, it definitely is pretty exciting and then it wears off. Sometimes by shopping, you may be trying to give yourself an emotional boost. But that's only if you're really not focused on what your goals are. Because if you're really focused on the long term, you'll not only think about today, but you'll be thinking about tomorrow. I call it having one eye on the present and one eye on the future. That's why we have two eyes. The eye on spending today should be spending on essentials that you need to live and work and make income. The eye on the future should be thinking about long-term decisions. What are long-term decisions? Well, I've talked about this on some other episodes. It's things like thinking long-term about where you want to live so you don't have to move very often, which can be very, very expensive. It's also thinking like an investor and not a spender. That's not buying cars too frequently, but rather putting off the car buying decision as long as possible. You have to have balance. There's a balance of enjoying life today and thinking about tomorrow. For example, one of my friends collects designer handbags. She has very many expensive handbags. I would venture to guess the amount spent on those bags between bags and shoes is probably close to $100,000. She rarely even changes out her handbag. So these bags sit in her closet and collect dust. It's not just about the cost of the handbags. It's about the opportunity cost of what that money could have been invested in that could have grown and created wealth. That $100,000 had it been directed into perhaps a rental property or stocks, maybe worth multiples of that today and who knows in the future. I have another friend whose husband loves to buy cars. She told me during their lives he has literally bought dozens of new cars. New cars are not inexpensive. I'm guessing a minimum of at least $10,000 per car went out the window because of immediate depreciation of a car's value. So being in the habit of buying new cars frequently and driving off the lot, immediately the value goes down and You can sell it for only a small fraction of what you originally paid for it. Then if you go out and buy another car and start the process all over again, well, it's just a terrible mistake that keeps getting replicated and you have nothing to show for it. It doesn't enhance your life, really. I mean, how much does a new newer version of a car enhance your life? I don't know. I don't think that much. I think a nice car is important to me, but not having a new car all the time, that's the difference. 
the opportunity cost of that money is probably much more than $100,000, which could have been redirected into investments and grown into multiples of that over a couple of decades. If you haven't listened to my podcast on opportunity cost, please go and listen to that. It's podcast number 10. So you really have to be conscious of three things. Are you spending for today or investing for tomorrow? And are you investing in a money engine that's going to build wealth for you? I talked about money engines in the fourth step to wealth, which is to invest in a money engine. Something that will grow your money, whether that's a business or an investment, those are the twin pillars of wealth building. You're going to need to have one or preferably both of those in order to create wealth. A person who's serious about wealth building and who is focused on your goals is not going to be buying dozens of designer handbags and shoes or dozens of cars. If you're serious about wealth building, you need to have one eye focused on today and one eye focused on tomorrow. You need to realize everything has an opportunity cost. It's not just about what you're spending today, but it's also about what it is that you're not able to invest in or grow that money into. What could that money become instead? The quality of life that you have today, I believe, is equally as rich with having a few pairs of designer handbags or shoes or a few nice cars rather than too many. Once you get serious and focused on wealth building and believe you can create wealth, you will start making better choices. If you've worked on your mindset and believe that wealth is possible for you, then you'll begin to do the right activities that will allow it to happen. You will avoid the excessive spending. Again, it's not about being frugal with your small purchases or being cheap. It's about moderation. It's about smart buying. It's about thinking towards the future, not just for today. It's about what really enhances your life today and putting some away for tomorrow. And thinking about what what you do really value and matching your values with where you spend your money. Because, you know, I keep harping on cars, but it's such an easy one because there's so many thousands of dollars literally down the drain by buying cars too frequently. And it's such a common thing that people do. So you want to really try to minimize the number of cars you buy. You want to minimize the uh, the new cars that you're buying. You don't want to buy new cars. You want to buy them a couple years old in good condition. You've always heard me say that. That is just an easy no-brainer that can save you literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in your lifetime. There are so many successful examples of people who have built wealth and didn't make a lot of income, but who became good investors. So you don't have to have a high income to build wealth or become a good investor. They started to learn about the economy and learn about cycles. They understood that interest rates drive a lot of the economy. With interest rates having been held artificially at zero for 10 years, sometimes you might think this is normal, but it's not, and it will change. I think we're very close to the change happening at the end of this year. In my opinion, that will cause problems with bonds, the bond market, and real estate. The stock market also moves in eight and a half year cycles and we're coming up on that eight and a half year cycle since the 2007 crisis in the fall of this year. We may see interest rates rise at the end of September, which could cause problems if you're over leveraged, so be careful. 
These are some of the cycle trends that we're seeing is that interest rates could be rising in September as well as starting another uh, somewhat of a crisis at that time. So just keep your eyes peeled. Be aware we may be coming up on a change in interest rates, a change in the economy, and you don't want to get caught looking the other way or being over leveraged, having too much debt. It doesn't take a lot of money to become a good investor. You just have to really start learning and take an interest in learning and be committed. It takes consciousness about your spending. It takes the first four steps to wealth, which are to create your wealth mindset, save a nest egg, find a mentor, and invest in a money engine. Some smart spending ideas might be to remodel your home in a taste and style that will make it more marketable in other words, if you're wanting to create more equity in your home, don't personalize your taste too much. Keep your mindset that you are wanting to appeal to a broad audience for resale purposes and choose things that are in a more neutral color palette. You might also buy, again, a used car in pristine condition instead of a new car and choose to move less often. You might choose to pay one twelfth extra on your mortgage. Taking one month of your mortgage payment and dividing it up into 12 pieces and then paying that one twelfth extra each month. So for example, if your payment is $1,200 a month, one twelfth would be $100. Start paying an extra $100 or $1,300 a month so that by the end of the year, you would have one whole extra mortgage payment made. This can actually shorten your mortgage from 30 to around 25 years and sometimes less and save you thousands of dollars in mortgage interest. You might also choose to buy a place instead of renting. These are common decisions that people have to deal with and have to make, but you want to make the right decisions and make sure that you're not putting your money down what I call the money sinkhole, which are the big places that we lose a lot of money on common decisions that we all have to make. So start thinking about your large expenditures, housing, automobiles, food and entertainment, expensive shopping and hobbies. Could some of that money be diverted into an account for a future money engine? When you have money in investments, that's getting your money to work harder for you so you don't have to work so hard. I hope I've got you thinking about what your spending priorities are, about getting serious with your nest egg so that you can invest in money engines. I hope you see how these decisions you make, these choices add up. They add up quickly and they are the difference between you having the wealth you want or not and can you get there or not. But wealth is within your reach no matter what your income, no matter where you're starting from. If it's truly something you want, you can have it. I hope I've given you the encouragement to keep going and see how your decisions are either moving you closer to your goals or farther away. One thing is for sure, wealth rarely just happens. It's usually part of a conscious choice, a decision, and a plan to get there. It takes planning and knowledge and action. You're either moving closer or moving farther away every day. Which are you doing? A lot of times people tell me they just want to win the lottery. Winning the lottery would be a tremendous disservice to you because if you don't learn how to take care of money before you get a lot of it, how on earth do you think you're going to keep it? That's why so many lottery winners go broke. 
being here and listening to the show is a good sign that you're on the right path, that you're conscious about your money and spending and investing, that you have a plan, you're gaining knowledge and taking action. Winning the lottery is not empowering to you any more than someone who buys you a new car will teach you how to drive. If you don't know how to drive the car, it will be of no use to you. I recently overheard a man say he bought his son a BMW 525i when he was just 16. And no surprise, 11 days later, it was totaled. Fortunately, his son was okay. Gaining a lot of money without having an investor mindset and only a spender mindset is inviting the same kind of disaster. When you earn money yourself, you will take much better care of it. More importantly, you'll know how to keep it protected. Otherwise, it's like trying to heat your home with the windows wide open and it all just goes out the window and so will your money. Your action steps for today are to identify past money pits or sinkholes that you may have had. Not so that you can get down on yourself, but so that you can identify mistakes you've made and choose not to make them again. Money sinkholes could be things I've mentioned, expensive hobbies, buying cars too frequently, moving homes too much, or eating out in expensive restaurants all the time. Calculate how much money you would have had today if you hadn't put that money into a money sinkhole. Once you know how much you could have saved, you can use the investment calculator from podcast number 43 and calculate how much that would have grown to using different assumed interest rates. Usually eight to 10% is a good interest rate to use to determine your opportunity cost that was lost. Tell yourself you won't do that again. Formulate a plan how to avoid that kind of wasteful spending. Write it in your money journal. Start right wherever you are. No matter how much money you have or don't have, get started today. If you have nothing, if you have no money at all, shoot to get hundreds. If you have hundreds of dollars today, shoot to get thousands. If you have thousands of dollars in savings and investments, shoot for tens of thousands. If you have tens of thousands, shoot for hundreds of thousands. And if you have hundreds of thousands, shoot for millions. Wherever you are, shoot for the next step and keep one eye on today and one eye on the future. And you, my friend, may just find yourself rich someday soon. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.
Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 70. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.